It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search it out is the glory of kings. This is the Message to Kings podcast. Episode 239, Nehemiah, Part 2. Nehemiah 4. When Sambalat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews, and in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, What are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring back the stones to life with those heaps of rubble? burned as they are. Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, What are they building? Even a fox could climb up on it would break down their wall of stones. See the cursing, intimidation, threats, mocking. It's fear in the face. Fear is the primary language of the enemy. And when you fear, you give in. Fear is a terrible master. If you find yourself motivated by it, repent, change your ways. It comes in so many different forms, it's challenging. From fear of failure, how about in the marketplace, fear of termination, fear of not getting promoted, fear of loss. Nehemiah displayed such a countenance of what to do about fear. He immediately prays, and with incredible power. His heart is already set against it, which is what really matters. And his stance is of aggressive, aggressive face-like flint towards fear. Fear was all the enemy had at the moment, and I have a theory is that the Persian escort was present at this time, which supported Nehemiah, and remained for a while, but it slowly exits, leaving Israel exposed, and which helps to make more sense of this book. The threats of violence and the armed guards wouldn't have been necessary without the presence of the Persian army and escort. And maybe the Persians were pulled to modern Turkey to face off with the obstinate Greeks. The next verses are super cool. It's like Nehemiah had a personal relationship beyond his years, even beyond the theological understanding of many. I love how he records his prayers and listen to his treatment of these guys in prayer. And I love his prayers later that that state, and and they, they go on repeat like this, and he likes to say this, Remember me, O Lord. So as Sambalad and Tobiah are mocking them, Nehemiah prays. And sometimes I think he prays aloud like an evangelist, while other times I think it's private. Sambalat and Tobiah were mocking them, and here's Nehemiah's response. Nehemiah 4.4 Hear us, O God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder in the land of captivity. Do not cover up their blood or blot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. So he rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height, for the people worked with all their heart. All right, so Israel's halfway there. Now this is where I throw out conjecture, and and I believe the military escort of Persia leaves. But conflict starts to escalate at this point, and it starts to make sense here, which I believe wouldn't have happened if the escort was, was present. It's like an awesome drama with escalation by both sides. Mobilization for war starts. Nehemiah 4.7 
But when Sambalat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the people of Ashdod heard that the repairs to Jerusalem's walls had gone ahead, and that the gaps were being closed, they were very angry. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said the strength of the laborers is giving out, and there is so much rubble, we cannot rebuild the wall. All our enemies said, before they know it or see us, we will be right there among them and kill them and put an end to the work. Then the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times over, wherever you turn, they will attack us. See, fear is spreading and surrounding tribes are planning to attack. Intel comes to Nehemiah and watch, and watch his awesome leadership qualities. He's outnumbered, but he's on the high ground with half-built walls, but his faith and great boldness kicks in. Nehemiah 4.13 Therefore I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posted them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome, and fight for your families, your sons, your daughters, your wives, your homes. And when our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to their own work. See, the planned attack was thwarted when their enemies saw that they were, they were prepared. And I imagine they continued to mobilize their forces. You know, seeing a gap was plugged and a soldier was there. And, you know, maybe the Ammonites had 10,000 guys. They said, very well, go get more. We'll have 30,000 in a week. And it just accelerates, and they tell you know, the Arabs to bring soldiers. They tell the other countries to bring soldiers. There's an assault plan for a day from now. There's assault plan for a week from now, assault plan for four days from now. As the armies are building up, they're making strategies. They plan to attack constantly on Nehemiah's side, but he keeps thwarting their, their strategies. Soldiers streamed into Sambalat's camp, preparing for an assault. Now we see Nehemiah stepping up his game again. Picture what happens as I read this section. Builders and soldiers, citizen soldiers. Nehemiah 4.16 From that day on, half my men did the work, while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and armor. The officials posted themselves behind all the people of Judah who were building the wall. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other. And each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked, but the man who sounded the trumpet stayed with me. Then I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, The work is extensive and spread out, and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us there. Our God will fight for us. So we continue the work with half the men holding spears from the first light of dawn till the stars came out. And at that time I said to the people, Have every man and his helpers stay inside Jerusalem at night, so they can serve as guards by night and as workers by day. Neither I nor my brothers nor my men nor the guards with me took off our clothes, and each had his weapon even when he went out for water. This strategy must have foiled other plans for Sambalat, because everywhere on the wall there was a glistening spearman. For every day they delayed an attack, the walls grew higher. Nehemiah probably maneuvered some of his armored men, too, to multiple places on the wall to make his numbers appear greater. Now, Nehemiah 5 is a weird chapter in the middle of the story, but it has incredible value. It states the people were crying out because they had mortgaged their fields just to get grain. 
They were barely surviving because of high taxes. Some had been forced to sell their children even into slavery. And it appears the local warlords had a connection to the tax agents responsible for this. And then Nehemiah went off on the nobles, for they were in agreement to this, and they were shamed. He demanded them to return what was not theirs due to excessive taxes. And they declared, we'll give, ba- give it all back. Then the people went wild with their approval ratings of Nehemiah. And it ends with these words again, Remember me with favor, my God, for all I have done for these people. And I love how Nehemiah continues to state, Remember me, O God. It's just an awesome prayer. It's like, just, my devotion to God is so great. And I, and whenever I do anything for him, I just make a note, you know, it's, remember me, oh God. What a cool prayer. Remember me, oh God. Look for it in the audio drama as well. Meanwhile, the wall progresses until it reaches its full height. All that remained was the gates and the bars. No attack came, but there were still assassination attempts. Their strength was leaving them as the walls were nearly complete. And you gotta love the stern-faced determination and tough guy intensity of Nehemiah. His faith is incredible, and he knows his enemy and cares not for him, and he will not be tempted by him. What is temptation to a man with a spirit like Nehemiah? Nehemiah 6. When word came to Sambalat, Tobiah, and Geshem the Arab, and the rest of their enemies, that I had rebuilt the wall and not a gap was left in it, though up to that time I had not set the doors and the gates, Sambalat and Geshem sent me this message. Come, let us meet together in one of the villages and the plain of Ono. But they were scheming to harm me, so I sent messengers to them with this reply. I am carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave to go down to you? Four times they sent me the same message, and each time I gave them the same answer. But you gotta love... <laughs> they they want to talk peace or they just want to talk but he knows it's it they're they're gaming him to come out and and go out unprotected so they can harm him or take him capture and his response is i'm carrying on a great project and i cannot go down why should the work stop while i leave and go down to you it's just beautiful answer then the fifth time Sambalat sent his aide to me with the same message, and his hand was an unsealed letter in which it was written. It is reported among the nations, and Geshem says it's true, that you and the Jews are plotting to revolt, and therefore you are building the wall. Moreover, according to these reports, you are about to become their king, and I have even appointed prophets to make this proclamation about you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah. Now this report will get back to the king. So come, let us meet together." I sent him this reply. Nothing like what you are saying is happening. You're just making this up out of your head. They were all trying to frighten us, thinking their hands will get too weak for the work and will not be completed. But I prayed. Now strengthen my hands. Never, never, never go into the valley of Ono. It's full of death for you. Tell the enemy, I'm doing a great work. Next, there was false prophets who were used in an attempted assassination of Nehemiah. It failed. No spear or weapon or arrow got near him, for he never went where he was not supposed to go. 
Here is Nehemiah and what he thinks of the enemy and his commentary on the completion of the wall. And notice how he remains even on a guarded footing at the very end. Nehemiah 6.14 Remember Tobiah and Sambalat, my God, because of what they have done. Remember also the prophet Noadiah and how she and the rest of the prophets have been trying to intimidate me. So the wall was completed on the 25th of Elul in 52 days. When all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. Nehemiah 7 After the wall had been rebuilt and I had set the doors in place, the gatekeepers, the musicians, and the Levites were appointed, I put in charge of Jerusalem my brother Hananiah, along with Hananiah, the commander of the citadel, because he was a man of integrity and feared God more than most people do. I said to them, The gates of Jerusalem are not to be opened till the sun is hot. While the gatekeepers are still on duty, have them shut the doors and bar them. Also appoint residents of Jerusalem as guards, some at their post and some near their own houses. With the completion of the walls, there was a huge celebration in Jerusalem. Ezra would read the law like in the scene in his book, potentially actually the same scene. Nehemiah would return to Susa and come back to Jerusalem. He would go on to assist Ezra with removing from Israel the foreign wives and the family members. He would confront Eliashib, the high priest, of his compromise. And with great Nehemiah style, we will see many of his prayers. And he ends his book with the following words. Remember me with favor, my God. We conclude this episode with a thought on Nehemiah. I imagine in heaven there's a great engineer and builder. Nehemiah proved himself with great faithfulness. And this proving of himself in this engineering project, God did remember him. And he gave him the assignment to build and to build in heaven. John 14, 2. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. I imagine Nehemiah was one of the crazy dead guys walking Jerusalem after the resurrection. Jesus stops to fold his garments at the garden tomb. Mary sees him and notices he is dressed like a gardener because he was in the bowels of the earth announcing his victory. She wants to embrace him, but she cannot because he must go up to his father and bring with them the righteous from Abraham's bosom. The righteous go up to heaven with Jesus after the resurrection, and Nehemiah worships him until he cries his heart out, and once he's recovered, he sits with the Son of Man. Nehemiah's assignment in heaven is to be God's general contractor for the many mansions. Maybe, just maybe, one day in heaven, we'll have a mansion and the blueprints for design will be signed by Jesus himself. And the general contractor will be Nehemiah. And we will just see how exciting it is when God hears our prayers and see what happens when we pray like Nehemiah. Remember me with favor, my God. Thank you.
Thanks for joining us for this episode of Message to Kings. Feel free to visit the website, messagetokings.com. Share the Facebook page, or if you want to chat, email us at messagetokings at gmail.com.